من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد on the chapters connected to fasting. And alhamdulillah, quite appropriately, we reached a chapter with regard to fasting the first ten days of the Hijjah, the twelfth and last month of the Islamic year. And for those of you who are not aware that the month has already started now, this day, Friday, is the first day of the Hijjah. The, moon, the south, we have seen the moon in Saudi. And now the Hijjah has begun. These blessed ten days of the Hijjah have begun. And therefore, the day of Arafah will be Sat- Saturday, the 9th of Al-Hijjah, insha'Allah, and the Eid, therefore, the day of Sunday. So, with regard to the chapter, then chapter 226, The chapter of the virtue of fasting and other than it in the first ten days of the Hijjah and Imam al-Nawawi rahimahullah he brings just the one hadith in this chapter hadith 1257 wa an ibn Abbasin anhuma qal qala rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam ma min ayyamin al-amalu salihu fiha ahabu ila Allahi من هذه الأيام يعني أيام العشر قالوا يا رسول الله ولا الجهاد في سبيل الله قال ولا الجهاد في سبيل الله إلا رجل خرج بنفسه وماله فلم يرجع من ذلك بشيء رواه البخاري عن فم ابن عباس Radiallahu anhuma, who said, Allah's Messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, said, There are no days wherein righteous action is more beloved to Allah than these days, meaning the ten days. They said, O Messenger of Allah, not, and not even jihad in Allah's path, not even jihad in Allah's cause, he said, and not even jihad in Allah's cause, unless it is a man who goes out himself and with his, pro- with his property, he goes out himself and with his wealth, and he does not return with anything from that. Reported by Al-Bukhari. As for who reports this hadith, and just as Imam al-Nawi, rahimahullah, said, it's indeed reported by Imam al-Bukhari in his Sahih. You'll find it there in Kitab al-Eedain, the book of the two Eids, chapter 11. The virtue of action in Ayyam al-Tashriq, the days of Tashriq. And the wording there is, Mal amalu fi ayyamin afdal minha fi hadihi. That action is not more excellent in any days than these ones. So they said not even jihad, so he said not even jihad except for a man 
who confronts the enemy with himself and his wealth and he does not return with anything. Hadith number 969. The hadith also reported by Abu Dawood in the book of fasting, chapter 61, fasting the ten. He fasted the first ten days of the Hijjah. Hadith number 2438, and reported by Tirmidhi in the book of fasting, chapter 52, what occurs with regard to action in the ten days. Hadith 757, reported by Ibn Wajah, Book of Fasting, Chapter 39, Fasting the Ten. Hadith 1727, and also reported by others besides, reported by Imam Ahmad, Al-Darimi, Al-Bayhaqi, Ibn Khuzaymah, Ibn Hadban, Abu Uwana, and Al-Baghwi in Shah Sunnah. And as for the one a phrase in the hadith to make a mention of that there are no days wherein righteous action is more beloved to Allah min hadhihi al-ayyam than these days yani ayyam al-ashr meaning the ten days then in case anyone was in any doubt then Mullah Ali al-Qari said in his explanation of Mishkat mirqat al-mafatih ay al-awwal min al-hijjah meaning the first ones from Dhul Hijjah. In other words, the first ten days of Dhul Hijjah. As for the points of benefit that can be derived from this hadith, and amongst them are the following six points of benefit. Firstly, that which Al-Hafid ibn Hajjah said in Fatul Bari, that the hadith shows the tremendous status of jihad, and that its levels vary and that the farthest limit in it is that a person expends his self for Allah's sake expends his self for Allah's sake as for the second point of benefit then again Al-Hafidh ibn Hajjah said in Fatul Bari that it shows that certain times have excellence over others just as is the case with places. Certain times have excellence over others, just the same as with certain places. As for the third point of benefit, then Al-Hafid ibn Rajab said, in his Fatul Bari, obviously both of these great these great preservers, Al-Hafid ibn Hajar and Al-Hafid ibn Rajab, they both have an explanation of Al-Bukhari, Sahih of Al-Bukhari, and both of them are called Fatul Bari. One by Al-Hafidh ibn Hajar al-Asqalani and one by Al-Hafidh ibn Rajab al-Hambali. So this third point of benefit is by Al-Hafidh ibn Rajab in his explanation of Al-Bukhari Fatul-Bari. He said that it shows that the month of Dhul-Hijjah is more excellent or he said it's the most excellent that the month of Dhul-Hijjah is the most excellent of the Ashur al-Hurm of the sacred months since it is the one that is greatest in Hurma greatest in sanctity and honour and then the fourth point of benefit Al-Hafid ibn Hajjah said in his Fatul Bari that it shows the virtue 
of the ten days of the Hijjah over any other days of the year. The virtue of the ten days of the Hijjah over any others from the days of the year. And on the same point, Al-Hafid Ibn Rajab said in his Fatwadari, and this shows that the ten days of Dhul Hijjah are more excellent than the ten days of Ramadan, their nights and their days. When he mentions the ten days of Ramadan, obviously meaning the last ten days of Ramadan. Now this hadith shows that the ten days of Dhul Hijjah are more excellent than the ten of Ramadan, both their nights and their days. Just as a brief side point here, then the people of knowledge, they differ in that regard. That clearly, from this hadith, we can see that the ten days of Dhul Hijjah are, better, are the most excellent days. But does that refer to the nights as well? Or do we say that with regard to the nights, the last ten nights of Ramadan are more excellent. And there's some disagreement amongst the scholars in that regard. Some of them say that with regard to the days, and this was the view of uh, Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah, he said with regard to the daytime, the ten days of Bul-Hijjah are best. But with regard to the nighttime, we say the last ten of Ramadan, the last ten nights of Ramadan are more excellent. With regard to the nights, and the reason for that is because of the presence in the last ten nights of Ramadan of Laylatul Qadr, the night of decree, with, with, the excellence, with the excellence attached to that. However, as you just heard, Al-Hafidh bin Rajab, he, refute, he, re, he rebuts this and doesn't hold this. And he holds that this hadith shows that the day, the last, that the first ten rather of the Hijjah are the most excellent with regard to the daytime and with regard to the nighttime. And the mere fact that Laylatul Qadr, the night of decree, is, is found in the last ten of Ramadan. That's not sufficient to say that the whole. It's not sufficient for us to say that all of the ten nights, because one of them is Laylatul Qadr, that therefore all of the ten have more excellence. So it doesn't follow. So as we heard, the point here again, just mention it. Al Hafid ibn Rajab holds, that this hadith shows that the ten of the Hijjah are the most, are more excellent than the ten in the last ten of Ramadan referring to the nights and the days. As for the fifth point of benefit, then it's that which Shaykh Mahmoud al-Subti said in his explanation of Abu Dawood al-Manhal al-Azab al-Mawrood that he said it shows a targhib, an encouragement upon action, in righteous action, an encouragement upon action in the ten days of the Hijjah. And that action within them is more excellent than action in any other ones. More, ex- more excellent than action in any other days. In these ten days that we have now entered upon. And as for the sixth and last point of benefit, then Al-Hafid Ibn Hajjah said in his Fatubari, it is used, uh, something referring to the actual chapter heading here, he said, it is used as evidence to show the virtue of fasting, the ten days of Al-Hijjah. Since fasting enters under action, in other words, action, it covers many actions, including fasting. 
because action includes fasting. Then he said, and a, prob a problem is raised here by the fact that it is prohibited to fast on the day of Eid. So he raises a problem that if we say that action in the ten days here, action is clear, righteous deeds. If we say it means fasting, there's a problem because fasting on the day of Eid, which is the tenth of the ten days, that's the day of Eid when it's prohibited to fast. So if we say that, you, that it shows the virtue of fasting in these ten days, then the tenth day, that's a problem. But he answers it, he said, and this is responded to by the fact that it is taken to mean Al-Ghalib, most of them, meaning most of the ten days. In other words, the first nine of the ten. The word ten is used, if you, when we're talking about fasting, it means most of those ten, not the tenth one, but most, the rest of the ten. He said, and this is not rebutted by what Abu Dawood and others report from Aisha, that she said, I never saw Allah's Messenger وسلم, fasting the ten days. This hadith reported by Abu Dawood and also reported by Muslim. He said, this doesn't rebut what we just said because it's possible that that was on account of the fact that he used to leave off actions which he loved to perform for fear that they would become obligatory, they would be made obligatory upon his nation. As is reported in the two Sahihs from Hadith of Aisha also. And then he said, Al-Hafid ibn Hajjaf, he said, and what is apparent is that the reason for the preferred excellence of the ten days of Dhul-Hijjah is on account of the fact that the major fundamental acts of worship gather together in it and they are the prayer and fasting and giving in charity and performing Hajj and this cannot happen in any other time as it's clear from the performance of Hajj that has to be in, the, in these days so that cannot happen in any other time and so based upon this is that virtue specific to the person performing Hajj or does it also cover a person who is resident he said there is a possibility either way in this virtue of the ten of Al-Hijjah is it taken just to refer to the person performing Hajj or is it general he said it's, it, it, it's a possibility either way as for the explanation of Shaykh Muhammad bin Salih al-Ufimeen then he said, as occurs in this fifth volume, page 303, where the hadith actually occurs, you find it's blank there, he brings the explanation a couple of chapters later. So he says, he mentions the three chapters altogether, and then he says, we we'll read what refers to this chapter just, inshallah, he said, these three chapters which the Hafid and Nawawi, rahimahullah, brought, in explanation of the days which it is summer to fast. So from them, meaning from those days that it is from the summer to fast, are the Ayyamul Ashr, the ten days, the ten days of the first ten days of Al-Hijjah. Since the Prophet ﷺ said, there are no days when righteous action is more beloved to Allah than these days, meaning the ten days. 
And he's saying al-amal al-salih, righteous action, it includes prayer and charity and fasting and dhikr, remembrance of Allah and takbir and recitation of the Quran and righteousness and obedience towards the parents and keeping ties of kinship and behave, uh, treating the creation well and being a good neighbor and other than that from the righteous deeds so there are no days in the year wherein righteous actions will be more beloved to Allah than these ten days so they said and not even jihad in Allah's cause so he said and not even jihad in Allah's cause except for a man who goes out with his self and his wealth and does not return with anything from that the Shaykh said so this contains a proof for the virtue of performing righteous deeds in the first ten days of the month of Dhul-Hijjah whether it be fasting or other than it and it contains a proof also that jihad is from the most excellent of deeds and therefore the companion said and not even jihad in Allah's cause and it contains a proof for the virtue of this rare situation which is that a person goes out as a mujahid fighting jihad in Allah's cause with his self and his wealth meaning with his weaponry and his riding beast and then he is killed and his weapons are taken and his riding beast is taken it is taken by the enemy so this person has lost his self he's lost his own self and his wealth in Allah's cause so he is from the most excellent of the Mujahideen of those who fight jihad so this would be the most righteous of deeds so this is uh, most excellent from the righteous deeds in the ten days and if this action were to happen in the ten days it would be, its virtue would be multiplied meaning rather he said this action if it happened the person went out truly to fight jihad in all his cause he lost himself and lost his wealth all of it that, if that happened that would be better than, action, than righteous action or the righteous action in the ten days and if he did that if this actual action happened in the ten days then its virtue would be multiplied then with regard to the next chapter then if I know we've been something uh, connected chapter 227 the chapter of the virtue of fasting the day of Arafah or the day of Arafah is the ninth day of this month Fast, the virtue of fasting the day of Arafah and Ashura and Tasu'ah Obviously, Ashura and Tasu'a, meaning the ninth and tenth of the next month, the month of Muharram. So, the first hadith that Imam Nawi, Rahimullah, brings in this chapter is hadith 1258. Wa an Abi Qatadata, Rasulullah, 
يوم عرفة قال يكفر السنة الماضية والباقية رواه مسلم and from Abu Qatada رضي الله عنه who said Allah's Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was asked about fasting the day of Arafah so he said it will wipe away the sins of the previous year and the next year reported by Muslim as for who reports this hadith and it's indeed as Imam Nawi said Rahmanullah reported by Muslim in the book of fasting Kitab al-Siyam this hadith 1162 hadith 197 in that chapter and the wording that Imam Muslim brings is longer so we'll mention the wording that he brings so he brings it with his chain of narration which goes back to Abu Qatada al-Ansari radiallahu anhu that Allah's Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was asked about his fasting and someone came to Allah's Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and asked about his personal fasting he said so Allah's Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam became angry so Umar radiallahu anhu said radina billahi rabba wa bil islami deena wa bil muhammadin rasoola wa bi bay'atina bay'a so when Umar radiallahu anhu saw the, the anger of Allah's Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he said we are pleased with Allah as our Lord and with Islam as our religion and with Muhammad as our Messenger and with our pledge that we have given as being a pledge of obedience he said so then he was asked about fasting for the whole of time in fasting all the time so he said la sama wa la aftar then he has not fasted and he has not refrained from fasting he said so then he was asked about fasting for two days and breaking fast for one day, meaning continuously fasting for two days and then desisting from fasting for one day so he said and who is able to do that? he said and, then he, and he was asked about fasting for one day and breaking fast for two days he said would that Allah had given us strength to perform that he said and he was asked about fasting one day and breaking fast for the next day he said that is the fast of my brother Dawood alayhi salam he said and he was asked about fasting on the day of Monday so he said that was the that was the day on which I was born on the day and the day on which I was sent as a prophet or the day on which revelation was sent down to me he said fast three days from each month and Ramadan to Ramadan that will be fasting the whole of time he said and he was asked about fasting the day of Arafah so he said he was asked about fasting the day of Arafah so he said it wipes away the sins of the previous year and the next year he said and he was asked about fasting the day of Ashura the 10th of Muharram so he said it wipes away the sins of the previous year and the hadith also reported by Abu Dawood in the book of fasting chapter 53 fasting the whole of time as optional fasts hadith 2425 
Chapter 46 about Tirmidhi in the book of fasting. Chapter 46 what occurs with regard to the virtue of fasting the day of Arafah. Hadith 749. And the hadith reported by Imam Nasa'i in his Sunan al Kubra. And he brings it in his smaller Sunan but without this wording. Also reported by others, reported by Imam Ahmad, Al Bayhaqi, Abdul Razak ibn Khuzayma, Ibn Hibban, Abu Uwana, and Al Baghawi in Sharh al Sunnah. With regard to the companion of the hadith, and we had his biography about a thousand hadith ago, so just to briefly mention again that the companion was Abu Qatada. That was his kunya, Abu Qatada, and that his name was Al Harith ibn Ribai ibn Bulduma al Ansari from the Ansar, companions of Medina, as Salami with a fatha, as Salami al Madani. He is described as being the Faris, the horse rider, the cavalryman of Allah's Messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He is present at the Battle of Uhud and the rest of the battles. And there occurs in Sahih Muslim, as hadith number 681, that Allah's Messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, was travelling on an expedition one night, along with his companions. And they travelled for the whole of the night, from the start, from the evening time, right through the night. For the whole night they were travelling. And the Prophet ﷺ had already told them this was what was going to happen and that they would not reach water. So they were travelling. So during the journey, the Prophet ﷺ, he started to fall asleep, became tired upon, whilst upon his riding beast. So Abu Qatada saw this and he came up to him and he held him up, he supported him, held him without waking him and put him straight upon his riding camel. Then in the middle of the night, later on, they carried on and in the middle of the night the same thing happened. The Prophet started dropping off. So Abu Qatada again, he was watching him. The whole time he was watching him. He went up to him and supported him again. And then the third time, just in the, before the end of the night, in the last hour of the night, then the same thing happened. He said that the Prophet he leaned over so much, even more than before, that he almost fell. So he said, again, he supported him. The whole time he was watching him, supported him again. So he said, then he raised his head. The Prophet raised his head and said, Man hada, who is this? So he said, Abu Qatada. So he said, For how long have you been travelling with me like this? In this condition. So he said, I've been travelling like this for the whole night, I mean, looking, watching like this for the whole night. So he said, The Prophet made dua for him and said, May Allah guard, may Allah preserve you, may Allah guard you with the like of that which you guarded his Prophet with. And likewise, the Prophet on one expedition, he described him and said that the best of our riders today was Abu Qatada. Hadith reported by Muslim, Hadith 1807. And in later life, Ali radiallahu an appointed him to be governor over Mecca. And later he removed him from that post. Uh, just a, a side point, sometimes we see that uh, the Aimma, they would put somebody in a position of, of, of a governor, but they would remove them, not because there's anything wrong with them, but they would remove them and put somebody else in that, for one reason or another. 
not for anything, any, any, any fault or anything. So he said he was placed. He made him governor in charge of Mecca, <coughs> and then he removed him, and he died, radiallahu an, in Kufa, in the city of Kufa. It is said in the year 54, but what is more correct is that he died rather in the time of Ali, in the Khilaf of Ali, and that Ali, radiallahu an, led his funeral prayer and said seven takbirs over him, as occurs in the hadith reported by Al-Bayhaqi and mentioned by Shaykh al-Aldani in his book on funerals, Ahkamul Janatis. As for one main phrase in the hadith to mention, or the, the, the phrase in the hadith to mention, that with regard to the fast of the day of Arafah, يُكَفِّرُ السَّمَةَ الْمَاضِيَةَ وَالْبَاقِيَةَ That it wipes away, fast in the day of Arafah, wipes away the sins of the previous year and the remaining year. And in another wording reported by Muslim, أَحْتَسِبُ على الله أن يكفر السنة التي قبله والسنة التي بعده that I hope from Allah that it will wipe away the sins of the year which was before it and the year which comes after it as for this phrase then Imam Nawawi said in his explanation of Muslim its meaning is that the person who fasts it the day of Arafah it wipes away the sins his sins for two years. So they said, I mean the people of knowledge, the scholars, they said, what it means, what he meant by it, is aslagha'ir, are the lesser, the lesser sins. And the like of this has already proceeded with regard to wiping away the sins through performing wudu. It refers to lesser sins, not major sins, not kabair, lesser sins. And we mentioned there that if he didn't have any lesser sins, I mean if they've been wiped away through other things, therefore he doesn't have any lesser sins left to wipe away, if there are not any lesser sins there, then it is to be hoped that it will reduce any kabair, any major sins. And if there is not any of that, then his darajat, his ranks, his ranks in the hereafter, will be raised. On the same point, Al-Munawi said in his explanation of Al-Jami' al-Sabir Faid al-Qadir he said so if it is said how can the sins of the year which come after it be wiped away Al-Munawi is saying how can it be that the sins of the coming year will be wiped away the year which comes after it that it is said Fasting wipes them away. It wipes the future ones away, just as it wipes away what comes before it. It's just the same. If you fast that, you can wipe. It's just just the same. You can wipe away the ones that come in front of it, after it, just as it wipes away what came before it. Al Hafid al Sayyuti said, in his explanation of Ibn Murjah, Masabi al Zujaja. He said, raising the same point that sins that have already happened in the past it's clear how they can be wiped away but what about sins that haven't even actually happened yet you do the fast how can you wipe away sins that haven't happened he said if it is said if it is said how can it wipe away the sins of the year which comes after 
even though the man has not, does not yet have any sin for that year then it is said what it means is that Allah the Most High will preserve him from committing sin or that he will give him from mercy and reward of the amount that will be an expiation for the previous year and for the next year when it comes if he commits any sins in it and lastly on the same point Sheikh Salih al-Fawzan he said in his explanation of Bulug al-Muram on this same point يُكَفِّرُ السَّنَةُ الْمَاضِيَةُ it wipes away the sins of the previous year the Sheikh said this is clear because it, can wipe, it wipes away sins that are present and have already happened however it's wiping away sins of the next year and, they haven't even, and nothing has happened from that yet then this contains a problem how can it wipe away things that haven't occurred so they said the scholars they said meaning it wipes away the sins of the remaining year he said they say that it means that he will be given tawfiq he will be guided and granted avoidance of sins in the year which comes after it or that if a sin does happen from him that he will be guided to and granted tawbah repentance so this is the meaning of it will wipe away the sins of the remaining year as for the points of benefit that can be taken from this hadith then amongst them are the following three points of benefit firstly that which Shaykh Abdullah al-Bassam said in his explanation of Burub al-Maram Tawdih al-Ahkam he said the hadith shows the istihbab the recommendation of fasting the day of Arafah and it is the ninth day of the Hijjah and that it wipes away the sins of the previous year and as for the coming year then wiping away sins in the future in one's future life is not the case except for the Prophet due to his saying he the most high لِيَغْفِرَ لَكَ اللَّهُ مَا تَقَدَّمَ مِنْ ذَنْبِكَ وَمَا تَأَخَّرَ Surah Al-Fatr, 48 Surah, Ayah 2 obviously an address to the Prophet with the explanation so that Allah should forgive for you and for the Prophet whatever proceeded from your sins and whatever is in the future from them and then the Shaykh said and likewise the people of Badr those who fought at the battle of Badr because there, are, there occurs in the Hadith Qudsi اِعْمَلُوا مَا شِئْتُمْ فَقَدْ غَفَرْتُ لَكُمْ Do whatever you wish for I have forgiven you Hadith reported by Al-Bukhari Sadith 3007 and Muslim Sadith 2494 Then Shaykh al said So therefore the ulama, the scholars said The meaning of the Hadith is that the person who fasts it they have Arafah will be given tawfiq will be given guidance and success by Allah and will be protected by him so that he does not commit sin or 
that he is guided to performing righteous deeds which then wipe away whatever sins do occur. As for the second point of benefit, then again, Shaykh Abdullah al-Bassam said that the hadith shows that fasting the day of Arafah is the most excellent optional fast by ijma, by consensus of the scholars. And the third and last point of benefit is that which Al-Allama Siddiq Hassan Khan said in his explanation of Bulugh al-Waram, Fatul Allam, that he said, and what is wiped away? And by fasting the day of Arafah, what is wiped away? Are as sabair are the lesser sins. Those that are not connected to the rights of the people. Since the major sins, the kabair, will not be wiped away except through tawbah, through repentance, through correct repentance. And the rights of the people depend upon their being satisfied. As for the remaining two hadith in the chapter, then they're referring to, refer, in reference to fasting, or in fact the remaining three hadith in the chapter, they're in reference to fasting the day of Ashura, the tenth day of Muharram. So we'll leave those until that time, inshallah. And the next to my lesson, inshallah, will be, inshallah, not in this one month, not in the month of Bukhidja, but in the month of Muharram.